You're listening to the My NFT Journey podcast. Each week our host Andy Storch will share his journey and newly found passion for non-fungible tokens. Welcome to My NFT Journey. I am your host Andy Storch and this is a show where I share my NFT journey so that I can help you along the way with your own NFT journey. And if you've been listening along for the last few episodes, I've been sharing a lot of my own journey of the basics of NFTs, of how to go ahead and get started, how to connect your wallet and all that sort of stuff. But all of it's been my perspective, my journey with a lot of solo episodes. But today is our first interview where I'm bringing on my first guest to this podcast and uh, a very fitting one. He's one of my best friends in the world, Mr. Bennett Phillips, who has gotten into deep into NFTs right around the same time I did. So we've kind of been on this NFT journey together. Welcome, Bennett. Hey, man. How's it going? Good to see you as always. Yeah. So we talk almost every day about this stuff. And <laughs> I thought, and, and you have become my go-to source of like anything NFTs. I know most people look at me as being very knowledgeable. You are like the next level, I think, in my mind, and just kind of knowing what, everything that's going on. So I thought it'd be cool to have a couple of conversations with you, one about your own journey through NFTs, and then also just about the basics of, mm-hmm. you know, how you explain it to people. So l- let's start there. I'm sure like me, you have a lot of friends who don't know what NFTs are, don't understand them. And now you run a podcast as well called Talking Heads with Phil. And I think I've mentioned that on this show a couple of times, and we'll put a link to that. But when someone comes to you and goes, hey, I heard you're into this NFT stuff. What the heck is an NFT? What do you tell them? Yeah, no, um, I, you know, there's honestly a lot of ways to answer it. So I usually, I usually answer it differently depending on who I'm talking to. So it depends on what they're into. But the one way I like to describe it, I, I tend to use musicians as an example. And so what I'd say is like, hey, who's one of your favorite artists? You know, and let's say you say uh, Taylor Swift. I'm diehard Taylor Swift fan, Andy Storch. Uh, nothing I love more than Taylor Swift songs. I like Taylor Swift. Yeah, <laughs> I like her too. But uh, just having a bit of fun. But yeah. let's say, so I say, okay, cool. So it's Taylor Swift. So you love Taylor Swift. Now she puts out a limited edition album, right? And vinyl's kind of coming back. People want to collect vinyls again. Yeah. It's starting to become popular again. So she does one. It's her greatest hits on a vinyl. She's going to print 500 of them or stamp or, or whatever they call that, you know, when yeah. they make the, the vinyls. Right. Only 500. And every one of them is going to be signed by her. Yeah. Now, would that go for the same price as a regular vinyl? No way. Way not, more. Right. Yeah, because it's rare. It's collectible and all of that stuff. Now, you also think there's all kinds of really cool stuff that exists in the digital world, right? Mm-hmm. There's images, there's videos, music, almost every, I mean, almost everything we interact with in our daily lives yeah. is, has been digitized, you know, these days. Um, and so what if you could do the same thing with a digital asset, an item, a picture, a song, a video? Well, becomes a lot difficult, a lot more difficult to say, oh, there's only 500 of these because it's like, well, my friend sent me one. I just saved it. So now there's 501. Yeah. I'll just copy. Wait, there's no, what do you mean? There's a number. And whether you understand blockchain technology or not, all you need to know is that it allows the ability to confirm that this is genuine and that there's a limited supply of them and that they were created by the person who says they created. So right. Taylor Swift could, could send out a tweet or have a website that you know, just the way you'd verify anything else is actually coming from her. She's got her blue check mark on Twitter, I'm sure, whatever. If she's saying it, you know, is genuine and she's linking you to the page to buy a digital asset, then you know it's authentic and yep. you know it's rare because she made the decision, just like she would have with that vinyl, of how many to mint. They call it minting, right? In the NFT right. world. Yeah. And, and minting 500, boom, instantly valuable. 
And so it's opened up a new possibility for us to do what we already do with collectibles, artwork, all that stuff in the physical realm. You might pay, you know, $3,000 for a pair of limited Nikes that, that come from LeBron, you know, and he's only going to do a few hundred pairs of those uh, that he personally designed or whatever. Yeah. You know, no one would even blink an eye at saying I spent three grand on a pair of shoes because they were that kind of shoes. Mm-hmm. Well, some people might still say you're crazy, right. yeah. <laughs> but you know, there's plenty who would go for it. Right? Yes, and there's value it. there. And frankly, there's somebody who would buy that pair of shoes and then sell it to someone else the next year for five times as much, mm-hmm. you know? And so NFTs allow the ability to do that with digital assets. That's the way I describe it. Yeah. And I like you, there's a couple of things there. You mentioned the blockchain and we don't have to go deep into the blockchain, but because of the blockchain and where everything's set up, everything is on record and you can see what's authentic and what, you know, if someone's trying to fake something they couldn't. So Taylor Swift created that collection, 300 of these vinyl gold albums, whatever they are, and you buy one. And then a year later, she's like, Hey, I'm doing this special concert in New York city. And if you have a vinyl, you know, a platinum vinyl record or whatever signed record, you can actually go and buy a presale VIP ticket or something, a front row seat. And it's easy to prove that, right? You can yeah. connect a wallet or something and say, here's what I have. And not other, other people can't just go and send a JPEG or a picture and be like, oh, I have it too. Right. If you have that one, it's on record. No one else could take that. No one else could say that they have it. And then you, and then she could provide those perks or benefits to fans who have bought those. And we're, we're seeing a lot of that in the NFT world. Yeah, I mean, in, in that way, it actually makes it that an NFT is better than a physical collectible because otherwise, what would you do? Show up with that physical gold vinyl right. thing? And like carry it around with you at the concert or what? I, you can't yeah. do it. <laughs> right. So it's the best of both worlds. It merges the, the ease of use of digital with the verifiably real of physical. There's also the whole thing with smart contracts, right? Where creators can also build into smart contracts that they get a percentage of future sales. So it's fantastic for a creator, an artist like Taylor Swift, who as if she continues to be more popular, she could say, hey, 10% of any secondary sales go back to me. So as fans buy those and then sell or them on the market. Or you say it goes to this charity that I want to support. Right, or goes to a charity, Whatever. right? And then somebody benefits from those future sales. So people buy them and she becomes more popular, somehow more popular than she already is. And people yeah. are flipping them. Then mm-hmm. the creator still gets a percentage of that. And I love the idea of that. I first heard this from Gary Vaynerchuk explaining on his podcast, this idea of an up and coming band selling mm-hmm. NFTs to raise money. And yeah. you, you know, you find that, that gem, that band that you like that nobody really knows about. And in the old days, you would love that band. And then when they become mainstream, you're like, oh man, I knew them before they were popular. <laughs> and, you know, now it's like, everybody knows about them and you feel cool. Cause you knew about them back then. You don't get anything for that. But what if you bought that original NFT quote rookie card, and mm-hmm. then they became really popular. Like I, I was explaining to a friend last night, like, what if you're at a nightclub? I don't know how the weekend came up. When you're a nightclub and the weekend was like one of his early shows and you got mm-hmm. on his email list and he did some NFTs and you bought it. And then five years later, he's playing in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And you're like, all of a sudden that that's worth, you know, a thousand times more. And he also gets 10% of, you know, post second or secondary sales when people flip those later on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Like if you had, uh, again, just compared to physical, because people love to say, well, it's not as valuable. It's not real. I can't touch it. Right. To me, I went from, I actually did go from feeling that way. Yeah. That's the way I thought about NFTs in like February. <laughs> like, what is that? Seven months ago? Yeah. Less than that, probably. I went from that to like, oh, I get why these make sense. And now I'm like 100%, these are better than physical. And 
I mean, not, not in every single case, right? Yeah. I'd rather have a real pair of shoes than a digital pair of shoes, but right. <laughs> just from a purely collectible and, and like value standpoint, like future value growth. Mm -hmm. um, if you had like, if you ever watched like the show Pawn Stars, you know, yeah, it's a fun show where you, they, they come in, someone's like, oh, this is a guitar that was owned by John Lennon and blah, blah, blah. And they got to bring in some expert who analyzes the wood grain and like, yeah. Well, he actually was left-handed or I'm just making stuff up, but right. so we know that this one's not real. Or you might have a certificate of authenticity. Mm -hmm. you know? And then it's like, all right, well, is the certificate of authenticity real? Is that all? Let me get the other expert in who can study the handwriting and, right. you know, right. NFT. It's just like, let me check the smart contract. Yep. It's real. Done. Yeah, exactly. It's easy. It's um, easy. Yeah, right. Same with, I, I explain, when I explain it to people, I talk about art, you know, people have been collecting art for generations, right? And an artist releases 100 prints, limited edition of a, of a really well-known painting. Those are worth something. But I don't know, when you buy something like that, I feel like it could always be in the back of your head that like, did they scam me on this? Did, are there actually more than 100? Yeah. Or did someone paint, you know, a really good painter paint a replica of it and then sell it to me? Whereas in the NFT world, as long as you verify that you're, get, you're buying the right project, because there are scammers out there who try to create duplicate projects and things like that, but it's on the blockchain, it's on record, you know you're getting one of 100 and there are no more than that. You can go look at all the records and see. Yeah, I mean, you wanna talk about famous artists, right? Let's talk about Damien Hirst. Mm. He's a guy who was already a famous, you know, in real life artist, right? He's a physical artist. He's done a lot of really amazing stuff. It's Hirst, H-I-R-S-T, if anybody doesn't know who that is and wants to look him up, Damien Hirst. And uh, he saw this happening, so he said, all right, I'm in. And what he did was he created I forget the number, some X number of prints of a rare piece of artwork that he did. And then what he did was he allowed you to uh, buy an NFT of that image for $2,000 and you could burn the NFT as that's what they call it. It's basically, you send it back, you, you essentially eliminate it from circulation. Yeah. You're pretty much, you're eliminating that NFT. No one can ever buy or sell it ever again. And if you do that, he will mail you the physical item. So he forced you to say, what is better, NFTs or physical? Right. And so by doing it that way, he sold out like instantly, of course. Yeah. I think the last time I checked, you could buy them for $2,000. Last time I checked, I think the cheapest you can get one now is $40,000 like yeah. for one right. of the NFTs. Well, because as people burn them, there are fewer and fewer of those NFTs available, right? Until exactly. there's one left and then it's, it's $800,000 to get that one remaining print that's probably sitting in his house or something. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, but the thing is, it's really been interesting is more people seem to be interested in collecting the NFTs so far. Hmm. They would rather have the digital than the physical from him. That, that's, that's one just, of the questions I've had personally. in NFTs. You know? Yeah, that's one of the questions I've had personally because uh, you know I've gotten big into NFTs as well and I love collecting NFTs and, and I've never been big on physical stuff. I hate all the clutter and everything. So I think it's cool to be able to collect digital stuff, but there's been some, some serious art, some art that's gone for some really serious money. You were talking about thousands of dollars. The most famous was that Beeple project that went for, I think 59 million, 69, uh, yeah. 69 million and tons of stuff in between. My, and I love the digital nature of these things because you could just take them with you in your digital wallet. You don't have to carry stuff around. You don't have to mm -hmm. like get beef up security, safe deposit boxes, all that stuff. We can talk about the digital security that we need to be thinking about. But with art, the part of the thing for art is you want to be able to display it for other people to see. And you can't really mm -hmm. do that with digital art. So what what do you think is the draw for most people? Like what that's changing. Doing? That's changing too, man. Okay. I already, so I have a guy who, you know, one of the collections we're both in, Deadheads. Mm -hmm. um, 
I just saw on Twitter, this guy was showing a live video of himself in his office yeah. and his deadhead was floating there in Ooh. AR. <laughs> and so sure, you can't do AR in person with your friends, but you can certainly do it on Zoom or yeah. on Facebook or whatever you're up to right. where you can have your collection. You know, the Board API Club is one of the most valuable NFT collections. Mm -hmm. Somebody could do a, a video where for YouTube or just with their friends or whatever, where their ape is just chilling next to them, you know, <laughs> it's, it's becoming part of our digital environment, our digital identity. Yeah. To say, I, I mean, I don't, it probably won't be long at all before you see, I have got a physical collectible right here. Oh yeah. Uh, from super plastic. I don't think it'll be long at all before I have a digital display where you can only see it. If you're looking at me through a camera, like we are right now. Or it would be cool to have like a, a poster in your house, well, a digital poster that is like they have those little digital photo albums that go through your photos. If it yep. would go through your wallet and show mm -hmm. the different NFTs. Those are coming out. I saw one, some, some guy released a technology. It's like, it's a keychain. It's about this big. Yeah. And it links to your wallet and it just does a slideshow of your collection of your NFTs. That's and they cool. have more bigger picture frame ones too and stuff people are doing. But I think you're going to do hologram ones or you'll see you'll see hologram ones where it's being displayed through light, uh, whatever that's called. I don't even understand that technology. Yeah. You're going to be seeing that stuff, man. I mean, the, the pace at which these things are, are moving is, is just insane. Yeah. Let, let's, let's back it up because we have a lot of people who listen to this, who are just starting out in the NFT. Yeah, and yeah. Now we're like, we're getting into like, getting ahead, wait a minute. Now ahead. I'm buying, I'm getting into augmented reality and I'm, and I'm putting a, a digital poster in my house. Like if you're yep. just starting out, you talked about Taylor Swift and the music example, and it reminded me that when I explained to people what is a non-fungible token versus a fungible token, yeah. we can talk about cash, we can talk about Bitcoin, but yeah. I often go to a music or, or sports or a concert example too, right. that you know, if you're going to a concert and they have general admission tickets, you can buy a GA ticket and that's exchangeable for any other GA ticket. There's no value of one versus the other. It doesn't matter if you trade hands with somebody else. I see that as fungible, right? It's easily replaceable versus if you bought you know, section 12, row R, seat 10 in the lower level, and I'm in the upper level, our tickets are very different. Your ticket right. might be worth three, $400. Mine might be worth $60, $70 because mm -hmm. you're much closer to the performer. You can't just exchange those. And every seat, you know, you go on StubHub and buy tickets to on the secondary market for a concert. Every seat has a perceived value based on who's playing, how limited it is, how many shows are they doing, how often do they come to that city, how close are you, you know, how many other people want to go. And that makes it not only non-fungible because you can't, there's no exact replica of, of that exact seat, but it's also limited in, in demand. And then the market often determines in the secondary, right? And StubHub for tickets or Ticketmaster has their own secondary market, what that ticket is worth and what people are willing to pay for it. Yeah, yeah, totally true. Um, and so there's all these different layers to it, right? Where, so, I mean, I think like the example you just gave, it's like having a ticket to like the bleachers at a baseball game where it's just yeah. like find a spot in the bleachers seats. Yeah. Um, or a, an assigned seat. And so, yeah, and the different ones have different utilities. Uh, I, I have a friend who's starting a uh, NFT project. It's all about fantasy football. And there will be 12 teams that you can like buy a share in. And if you have the share, if that team wins, then you, you can win stuff, right? You can win, you can win NFTs is what you win. <laughs> yeah. um, but the ticket itself to be a member of that team or an, a share owner in that team um, gets you the, the possibility of winning some NFTs. And so every single share of team one is the same as the other one, right? Yeah. But team one is different than team two, right? Because they have different people making the picks, doing yeah. the drafts and stuff like that. Yeah. So um, 
each one is fungible, but them amongst each other would be right. They're they're different. Okay, so we've kind of been talking about what NFTs are, helping people understand what they are, and you talked a little bit about why you like them, why you like the digital nature. But there's a lot of cool things going on in the world. Why do you think NFTs are not only really cool, but really important for people to pay attention to, whether you're investing in or not? I think mm -hmm. we both believe that you know the economy is changing, that NFTs are going to kind of change the world. Why do you believe that people need to pay attention to these? I, I believe, I mean, for, for the average person, I think a lot of people would say money. You know, there's opportunities to make money. I think a, maybe too many people see it as kind of a gambling opportunity, unfortunately. Where like I could buy this one today for a hundred, and it could be worth twenty thousand in two weeks. You know, I mean, the weird thing is that has happened, right? But it does yeah. But I think that's the wrong reason. I think the real reason is um, because it unlocks such. I mean, it really is almost an unlimited amount of potential of things that artists and creators could do. Celebrities, a lot of celebrities are launching their own because their celebrity influence gives instant utility to it. I mean, you mentioned Gary Vaynerchuk before, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Obviously, millions of followers, millions of fans. And by him just saying, if you buy one of my NFTs, you can come to my conference, VCon, for three years in a row. Yeah. And there's le levels of them. And if you buy one that does this, you're also going to get this and that. Right. Anytime he wanted to, he could say, oh, by the way, um, you also get this now. And people would be like, what? And they instantly become more valuable. Right. Right. So there's the immediate, they, they have their finger on the dial as to how to make, how valuable to make these things. Mm -hmm. And none of them are turning that dial down. Why wouldn't nope. you? Right? right. They're always just looking for ways to turn it up. So if you believe in somebody, you can essentially hit your wagon to them by buying one of their NFTs. Yep. Now that person could, could, you know, I don't know, get uninspired and, and maybe kind of give up on it or whatever. That could always happen. Sure. A anybody could. Same with artists. Yeah. But anybody who really gets into it, I feel like you can tell. Right. You listen to Gary talk about it. You listen to some of these other people who are doing it talk about it. You're like, they're not stopping anytime soon. No. You can just tell. You can hear it in their voice. This is their life now. Yeah. And so we as individuals have never really been able to hitch our wagon to somebody like that before. That's right. If you'll let me use that, that phrase. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's one. Another one I think is marketing. So with marketing, I mean, really, you could do all kinds of things. Let's say you were starting a company in a digital space of almost any kind and you wanted people to know who you were and you had a $2 million marketing budget. Okay. You've done some fundraising, whatever, you've got some money and you want um, people who are tech forward because that's mainly who's looking at NFTs, the people who are at least interested in technology. You want them to know about your company. Well, how do you do that? How about by becoming a spectacle? And by spectacle, I mean every NFT collection that there is, there are some really, really cool ones in that collection and there's some sort of ordinary ones. Yep. And if you could buy some of the rarest, coolest, most valuable ones from 10 different collections and you buy them for 10 grand a piece, say you spend $500,000 on 50 really cool new collection, right? New collections, so they haven't gotten insanely valuable yet. Mm -hmm. But to you, to the average person to spend 10 grand on one would be difficult to swallow right yeah but if you're doing that now to all of those communities you're like a celebrity mm. i've seen people doing this right so again we mentioned deadheads before i know a guy who bought all these really rare ones and i don't think i don't i don't think there's anything wrong actually in fact i'm talking to him right after this yeah <laughs> i don't think there's any wrong thing wrong with this at all he spent his company's marketing budget yeah to buy those so people would notice him huh we did 
and he's done it in other collections too. And then later on, he turns around and sells them for a profit anyway. Right. And if some of them don't sell for a profit, it was still a marketing spend. So I think marketing is a big one, right? If you're trying to be an influencer and you have some money to invest, or if you're starting a company and you want to get noticed in a tech space, especially in crypto NFT space, you can become known simply by holding, buying and holding these rare. Well, another cool. another factor that you're that's connected to is the community factor, right? That mm -hmm. a lot of these NFTs have communities attached to them. Absolutely. Uh, Discord and otherwise. And so there's this kind of community bond where people are really excited about a certain project and they're connecting with each other and building loyalty around it. And that can drive value of a project. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so there becomes sort of a shared sense of, of ownership because everybody who is part of that community has a stake. Some of these collections actually give these people um, IP rights. So they say, hey, if you bought this NFT, because most of them are images or videos or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's digital artwork, you know, files, whatever. And some of them say, hey, if you buy this, it's yours. You want to make a video game with it? Do it. You want to sell toys? Go for it. Any of that stuff. But whether or not that collection does give you those rights, there's still this whole idea where I put my money in this and I want these to become more valuable. And so do you, because we're in it together. And right. so we, it, it's inherent, you know, it's, it's almost, um, it's almost inevitable that the people would band together and say, we're going to do whatever it takes to make this seem like the best collection there can be because we have a vested interest in, in that becoming a reality. Yeah. So that community is, you, effect is instant. Right. And you also mentioned you've never had a chance to have that vested interest in an influencer. So whether it's an internet influencer, a music, you know, musician, performer, band, artist, a heck could be even politician in the future, right? Uh -huh. Where you see someone and you're like, I love everything they're doing. And I think they're really going places. You've been many times in many ways had ways to give them money, like buying their programs or their product or something like that. But I'm sure many a person has said, oh, I love what that person is doing. They're going someplace. I wish I could buy stock in that person. I right? can't tell you how many times I've seen like a new person in a movie. Never yeah. It's like their breakout role. Yeah. And I'm like, how do I buy stock in them as an actor? Because they're right. going to be the next, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Or a band uh -huh. or even an up and coming entrepreneur. They're oh. not a public company, right? You can, you can buy stock in Disney if you really like the company, but you can't buy stock generally in individuals, performers. But now you might be able to if, if, if they release NFTs you know, as rookie cards or whatever they are, you can essentially get kind of equity in their, in their success. It's yeah. And there's nothing down to that. Right. So you could do that with somebody and then they end up dying at a young age or getting, as they call it, canceled. Right. Or any of, of that. course that could happen too, but that's yeah. why me, that's why you, you know, don't just invest in one. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's, let's make sure we, we, we talk about that too. Right. I mean, there's, it's all, it's pie and it's always awesome to talk about, like, Oh, you could, you could have bought, imagine if you could have bought stock and, Nirvana or John Mayer when they were coming up and it's like yeah. the weekend and that, but for every very successful musician, there are thousands of others who tried to make it and didn't go anywhere. And right. you could be buying NFTs of theirs too. You could have bought, yeah. If this was like a different timeline, you, you bought Charlie Sheen's NFT when he was a young actor and he was, right. <laughs> and now it'd be worthless. <laughs> or maybe it'd be valuable as like a weird collectible for uh, yeah it could be a whole different type of collection to <laughs> go with him right but yeah stuff can happen you're, you're still taking a risk of whatever maybe but I, you are in investing as well right a company can go the wrong way mm -hmm. it's just yeah. it seems like it's kind of exacerbated okay so we talked about what nfts are why you think that the nft space is exciting i've done an episode on 
how to buy an NFT. Mm -hmm. I want to hear from you, your take on this. If you're giving advice to a friend, gets on the phone with you and says, hey, I want to go buy my first NFT. Walk, walk me through it. Like, how, what do you tell them? So the easiest way I have found is you get a Coinbase account. It seems to be the most user-friendly. It's yep. a US-based publicly traded company. So, you know, all the trust is there. Mm -hmm. And what they'll allow you to do is link your bank account. You can buy the most popular cryptocurrency used for NFTs right now is Ethereum, yep. ETH. There are other ones that are starting to do it. Solana is doing it. Cardano is, is starting to. Yep. Um, so you could look at those as well. I don't know as much about those yet. Yeah, uh, and Binance, and Ethereum Binance. is by far 90%. Yeah, Ethereum is the number one. They're the Google or whatever you want to call it you yeah. know, of the space. Uh, Binance is starting one too. But anyway, you buy the Ethereum and then within that app, it allows you to then send that Ethereum to another wallet. So uh, again, there are many, as they call them, wallets that mm -hmm. you can use, but the most common one used for NFTs is, MetaMask. Excuse me, is, is MetaMask. And that is how you actually log in to OpenSea.io. That's the website, right? Where people buy and sell. Yeah, it's like the, the eBay of NFTs essentially is the secondary market. And sometimes the first tertiary, the initial market, but mostly secondary market. Yeah, yeah. Sense. It can be the initial market too. Uh, but it's interesting because your wallet then becomes your login. Mm -hmm. It becomes your, how you buy and sell where you keep the Ethereum, you know, and it's where your NFTs live too. And they're actually hooked into that wallet. So that, that that's generally the way that, that yeah. So you, you download Coinbase the app on your phone. You get an account. You connect it to your bank account. You buy some Ethereum. I recommend starting with at least a thousand dollars is probably a good idea. But you yeah. can do a little bit less. And then you're going to transfer that. You're going to create a MetaMask account. Get that app on your phone and the Chrome extension in Google Chrome browser. Yeah. And then you're going to transfer the money from Coinbase to MetaMask so that you have in your MetaMask, which then you can use to log in either to a website from a project you're buying that is minting directly where you're buying it directly from them or most likely on OpenSea, O-P-E-N-S-E-A.io mm -hmm. uh, where you can buy NFTs on the secondary market. Yeah, and that's where when a new project launches, they call it their mint, right? That's their launch. And um, you're generally connecting your wallet to their website too. They'll have a thing that says connect wallet. And I just advise anybody who's gonna do that, just look at it first, research it, and when I say research it, there's two primary ways of doing research. One is Twitter, mm -hmm. uh, which their website should have a Twitter link. If they don't have a Twitter profile, I probably wouldn't trust them. Yeah. The other is Discord. And if you don't know Discord, it's just a, another social app where people chat about things. And when you said communities before, right? Like that's kind of where the communities live. They They're all on Discord, Discord, right? Yeah. And Twitter too, but it's like, you can be specifically in one community's channel in their server. And so if they don't have a link to their Discord and their Twitter, I, I, I pass, I just skip right past it because I don't know what they're up to. I can't go in and see what people are saying about it. I can't, the, the people actually running the project should be in there too, answering questions. Mm -hmm. If they're not active, it's pass. And it could be worse than a pass. It could be a scam. Yep. Um, so I, I avoid it if that happens. But um, aside from that, you know, if you check those things out, it all seems to look good. You can connect your wallet there and mint it directly from their website. At which point, shortly after you do that, it should be in your account in OpenSea. If you've right. logged in with the same wallet, it's all connected. That's right. And it should be all right there. And you can find it on OpenSea or you can find, or if you mint it from a website, you buy it and it'll show up in your wallet. And you also go to your profile on OpenSea and it'll be right there in your profile. You mentioned scams. I wanted to ask you about pitfalls and how do you avoid those? You talked about doing research on Twitter and Discord. And you know, seeing what people are saying in the Discord, and actually in the in the last episode, 
on episode five of this podcast, I talked about avoiding scams. And at the end, I actually told my story of how I got scammed out of nearly $1,500, ended up being about $800 from that queenship project. And you mm-hmm. and I've been talking about it and, and saw it, you know, I bought it and then went to the discord and saw everybody saying, Hey, this is a scam. And had yeah. I just been looking at discord before buying it and seeing what everybody's saying, I would have seen those, those red flags go up. So mm-hmm. let's talk about some of the ways that people get scammed and how can we keep our stuff safe and avoid, you know, scams or problems. Yeah, I'll, I'll just start from where you where you just ended your story there and then add some other stuff too. But again, Discord is the number one thing. So I don't, I never participate in a Mint without being in the Discord at the same time. Because one really cool thing about this space, this industry, is there are people in it who are far more knowledgeable than any of the rest of us. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time, it's it's unlikely that you're going to have a quiet project, one that doesn't have much attention, much hype, and it'll be a scam because the scams are, are, are coordinated, right? They have plans. They, they get it really big. So if it's big, then it either is something really awesome mm-hmm. or much less chance, much less like it doesn't happen often. If it's going to be a scam, it's usually one that has eyeballs on it, right? They've, mm-hmm. they've done their work to make sure they're scamming as many people as they can quickly. Yeah. So they can run away. And, and right. My point is when there's one that has that much attention, because it has that much attention, people who've been studying the blockchains for, you know, eight, 10 years before yeah. most people even knew it existed. Yeah. They're watching and they will sound the alarm bells. Yeah. You know, right. These are these like white hat hackers, as they call them, or, or white knights or whatever, who they do this for fun. They'll go read the smart contract and go, something's wrong here. Yeah. And they'll come in the Discord and go, guys, I just found this thing, you know, and whatever. And yep. so anyway. And that's what uh, happened with Queenship, the one that yeah. I got scammed on, because right when they said, okay, it's, it's released, go buy it. And I went and bought, there were, you know, dozens of people that were like, this is a scam, don't buy this rug pull on Twitter and in Discord, because they looked at the data and they looked at everything that was going on. And like, this is not right. This, yep. is, this is what they called it. They called it a rug pull. Yeah, it's like you're standing on the rug and someone pulls it out from under yep. you, right? Yeah, that's exactly. the, that's the kind of the, the phrase, and that's one of the pieces of lingo in this world. But right, yeah, man. I mean, that's that's why you don't need to be an expert on blockchain. You don't need to know all of this. You just kind of a lot of it is gut feeling, but you you kind of follow the vibe of what's happening. There are a lot of things that are not scams, but are definitely being like inflated by influencers. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean it's like a fake collection like Queenship was it may mean that it's not really as valuable as it seems because if those people ever walk away and stop pumping it so high, then it would disappear. Right. Versus things that just are genuinely growing because they're doing great stuff. And Mm -hmm. and there's not somebody with 150,000 Twitter followers who's, who's promoting it daily because they're being paid, you know, on Ethereum or whatever. Let's talk about uh, DMs and links and MetaMask because that's that's where the really scary stuff happens. Yeah. So, um, Number one with MetaMask, when you set up your wallet, you're going to get a seed phrase. I'm going to fly from my face. <laughs> um, you're going to get what they call a seed phrase. It's 12 words randomly generated by MetaMask. And that's basically your, that's your key. It's what they call your private key. You have a public key as well, or a public address. And the private key is you can take that key and go to any browser, any Chrome browser, um, on any computer, and download the MetaMask plugin and put in that key and your wallet will be there. 
but so can anybody else. If anybody ever gets their hands on those 12 words, they've got control over everything in your wallet and they can lock you out too. So never, ever, 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 ever give those 12 words to anybody, but your spouse maybe or whatever. Yeah. In fact, do give it to someone you love and trust so that it's a backup. Never yeah. store it digitally anywhere. Don't put it in a Google Drive. Don't put it in your, um, you know, whatever in your phone, your notes thing in your phone. Write it down on paper, put it in a safe or, or whatever. There's companies that sell like titanium tubes. Oh, it'd be etched in metal, yeah. Write it down or they'll etch it, they'll etch it in there or yeah. you can write it on a piece of paper, roll it up in there and yeah. it's fireproof. Oh, yeah. You know, there's stuff like that. So the point is keep it non-digital, write it down, tattoo it on your butt, I don't care. <laughs> but don't store it digitally somewhere and never ever give it to somebody. The other thing is, like you said, there are people who try to click, get you to click on links. They might send you a DM on Twitter or Discord or something and say, hey, you won 0.25 Bitcoin. You know? DM being direct message. They're sending yeah, you a direct, direct message. message. Right, so you get a private message from somebody and it says, you won, you know, click here. You didn't win, okay? I'm you didn't sorry. Win. That's right. You didn't win. There's a lot of giveaways and stuff in this industry. And if you genuinely entered like an NFT giveaway, you might win. But make sure you check who that message is coming from. Make sure they're verified. Make sure they're real. And if you're not sure, it's not worth it to do anything. If you really want something, all they should ever ask for is your public, public wallet. wallet address, not your private one. And then they just send it to you. That's just all you should have to do. Here's my ad. It's like giving someone your email address. Yeah, it's perfectly fine to give out your public wallet address, which is like a long alphanumeric string or the URL to your OpenSea account. But if you give out that public wallet, anybody can send anything to you in, but they can't take anything out. So yep. like you yeah, said, it's like, email. It's like having your email address. Nobody can, you can't hack my email because I gave you my email address. Right. You can send, can me send as you emails. many emails yeah. as you want. That's right. I can send you right. stuff, but I can't take yeah. anything from you. Yeah. So it's exactly. the same thing as that. Um, and then there was a guy who was scammed recently um, who some people convinced him to do a screen share with him Yeah. over like a Zoom thing like this. Right. And MetaMask has a... You know, it is, a, I guess, a convenient option for yourself to use where you can pop up a QR code on your screen and then scan it with your own phone to log in on your phone. It's just mm -hmm. saves you a step. Yeah. But again, you can do that with your phone. So can anybody else who's able right. to view it. Right. So if you share your screen with somebody on that and it's, they can see the QR, they zap it and they've got total control of your wallet. Um, yeah. So that kind of stuff seems to be the number one place. More than anything, it's phishing. Right, it's con it's that that's the same stuff people use to fish people to give them their passwords for their bank accounts and everything. Yeah, they try to gain your trust. It's it's a con artist. Sort yeah, of thing. starting a conversation, a getting to know you. Hey, click this link and check this thing out, and then the next thing you know, it's asking you to connect your wallet. And as soon as you do, like everything in there is gone. I hate to say it, man, but I'm still waiting for the day where one of my friends on Discord. Yeah people who I really feel I've made a good connection with and I've yeah. been getting to know them for months now. We're even doing stuff together. We help each other out with things. Yeah. One day, one of them is going to go, let me just see the QR, you know, or something. Yeah. And I'm going to go, well, God, I mean, I've known them for so long. Yeah. But there is something called the long con, mm. right? There yeah. are people who have in real life before any blockchain stuff yeah. who have spent years conning someone. Yeah. And I, not a lot of people know this, but con is short for confidence. Mm. That's where that word comes from. You con somebody. It's because you gained their confidence. Right. And they trusted you and you screwed them. Yeah. 
So what I'm getting at is unless you've actually like for you, like we're friends in real life and have yeah. been for a long time. Right. You're not going to scam me. I know where you live. <laughs> yeah, that's what you think. This but is somebody, a 10 year, yeah. no, you, ten year actually, you just moved. I don't know where you live anymore. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know your address anymore. Yeah. Um, somebody, even if you think they're your best buddy online, don't give them anything you wouldn't give to a random stranger. Just don't. Don't do right. it. Yeah. Just so, and then careful. the last thing is trades. This is where I got screwed. Yeah. There was somebody who wanted to do a trade with me. And there's, there's some platforms now where you can be like, okay, one person links their NFT, the other person links theirs, and then the platform does a swap for you. Mm. Um, and that's that's pretty cool. But some people will do, you know, just trusted ones where it's like, I just trust you. I've gotten, a, you know, again, a friend from Discord or something. I've done this a couple of times yeah. with friends and it's been okay. But there was one where someone just contacted me and I let my guard down because they said they'll send the NFT to me first. Right. You worked out a trade. Basically, you instead of trade. one paying the other, they said, I'm going to give you this NFT. You give me my your NFT. It'll be an even trade. That's what I want what you have. You want what I have. Yeah. Just like with baseball cards or, or trading anything else. And so I would like, be okay. skeptical of that in any other circumstance, except for they were like, I'll send me. Because I, I, you know, I'm a fairly prominent member of a couple of these communities. Yeah. So I'm kind of known. So some people have done trades with me like that before. And they're willing to go first because they know I wouldn't screw them over because then I wreck my reputation. Right. My reputation in those communities is way, way more important to me. Yeah. So they know that they're safe to go first and I'm not going to screw them. So this person volunteered to go first. So I'm like, oh, what do I got to lose? Right. I know I'm not going to screw them over. So if they yeah. trust that, then what do I have to lose? Yeah. But the problem was the NFTs they sent me were counterfeits. Mm. I should have checked first. Just like on a lot of social media platforms, verified collections on OpenSea will get a check mark. Yeah. But if it's a new one, it may not have earned that check mark yet. And this was a new one. It had just came out that day. I one I thought that looked pretty cool and I did not gotten into it. I didn't I didn't mint any, but I kind of wished I had. So this guy offered me to trade them six of them for one of my something else that was pretty valuable. And so I thought, I'm gonna get six of these, I'll get in on that. I'm you know, this one, it does seem like a fair value yeah. trade. And he's going to send them to me first. Cool. And I even clicked the link and I went through and I looked at it and the artwork looked correct, but I just didn't click one or two more times to see what the collection was and where mm -hmm. it stemmed from check mark or not. I could have been able to tell, I knew enough to tell if I had just done one or two more clicks and I didn't. Yeah. That was my mistake. So then by the time I sent him mine and then I went back to look at the ones he sent me and they had all been turned to just black squares and said, these have been delisted by OpenSea contact support with any questions and I saw all counterfeit. Somebody reported the fake collection and they got removed. Mm. And uh, there's nothing I could do. Yeah. So the guy disappeared. Who knows where, anywhere in the world he could be. Wow. So that kind of stuff, you know, it's just those extra checkings. And, and so my bottom line for me with anybody would be, if you're not sure, don't do it. Yeah. And if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's the key. If it seems too good to be true, it probably this one is. didn't. It seemed like a fair trade, so that's why yeah. I didn't alarm bell. Alarm bell didn't go off on that either. Right, but verify everything. You know, trust but verify the old saying. So verify everything. And I am. I'm constant. I'm constantly on my guard. You know, when I get DMs, you know, or links, or you won, or this stuff, or like making sure I'm not connecting any sites I shouldn't be. And it usually, like I recommend, have somebody you can call. Like I'll call you and be like, hey, does this seem legit? Before I connect to something. So th there is, there are a lot of scams. There's danger out there, but I don't want to scare people away right. because while I lost about $800 when I got scammed, you probably are out, what, how much from yours? A little bit more? Yeah, a couple grand. 
couple grand, right? So that's a lot of money. That's that's scary to a lot of people. But on the flip side, we've both made, we're both probably up well into six figures this year on our NFT investments, which is yeah, huge, right? The benefits sure. far outweigh the dangers and risks. And I just want to say something else. I literally just went to OpenSea to check my wallet. Yeah. And I've got these three NFTs that just showed up and I don't know where they came from. Oh yeah, someone just sent them to your wallet. Yeah, I do, and I've gotten, I, you know, I think began just because I've been networking so much and meeting a lot of people and started to build a little bit of a following for myself. I do get some random ones just airdropped to me, yeah. just gifted, gifted to me, but they're usually just like random stuff, new collections. Someone's hoping that people will notice it. But yeah. these are like legit, it's Satoshi faces. Nice. I don't know, I don't know why I got them. They're directly from Satoshi faces. <laughs> well, there you go. Cool. I have no idea why they sent me these, but. All right, well, I'm going to wrap this up here. And then I want to do another episode with you where we talk more about your story and some of the things you've gotten into, cool. projects you're into, maybe a little bit more of, of terminology and some of the top projects out there. Uh, yeah. but we'll leave people with this now. You know, we've talked about what NFTs are, why they're exciting, you know, why you should think about getting into them, how to get into them. And we're going to talk more about your story and my story and the stuff that we're into the next time we get together. So thanks everybody for listening. Oh, and, and Bennett, for people that are listening, that are interested in the, some of the stuff you're doing. Of course, you have a, a show as well, right? Called Talking yeah, Heads. Talking Heads with a Z at the end. So you can find it on Twitter. You can find it on Twitch, YouTube. And how do people find you on Twitter? Because that's where you're doing a lot of your NFT. Yeah, yeah. So just look up uh, Ben Exit, B-E-N-X-I-T. Uh, that's the handle I go by on Twitter. Ben Exit on and There's Twitter. actually an underscore on either side of the name too. But if you just search B-E-N-X-I-T. There you go. All right. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thank you.